It is the morning of the 9th of September 2019. Good morning and welcome to PBE Daily, the early mornings and late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Infumbi. I've taken a bit of a break from making podcast episodes, but I guarantee you it's not from a bad place. A lot's been going on, so I felt it was important for me to actually take enough for a moment of a breather to actually figure myself out before I come back and make another recording. Also, I wanted to see uh, what the pause would do for the story arc uh, angle I was taking as far as trying to see if it's possible for me to make episodes that come out as um, audio shows because I've been doing this heavy deep dive of one writer from the 70s named Stephen King I mean, for those who've been listening I've been talking quite a lot about Stephen King and because he has such a monumental and very copious amount of body of work um I'm trying as much as possible to run through everything I see and everything I learn and from doing so I'm able to dictate to myself what are the perfect angles I could take as far as telling the stories I want to tell and on top of that there's also been my poor health I mean last week I was supposed to continue with the story of uh, the tale which is the tale number one I've done two episodes of that so far and as much as I wanted to continue with it a cold hit me very very hard after the last episode I recorded and I'm not one to make an episode where I feel like I'm in not in the best of health because my poor health would actually just reflect very very clearly in the episode as it plays and to avoid doing that to you your ears because the last thing you want to hear is me having the sniffles as I talk and since I'm feeling far far better I finished my last pills of medication yesterday so today is a good enough day for me to be able to speak on whatever topics I have in mind and today um, my Monday is coming from a place where I'm, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for what I've experienced in the last weekend and the weekend was born from something that I do not take for granted in that I got to hang out with young minds that well well, let's put things in perspective when you become a person who has worked in illustration for quite some time and you get the opportunity to sit down with uh, members of the of the younger classes and and the younger age brackets and you get to see what they think of in regards to what stars are what me, what superstar is what comic culture is and they get to tell you their, their feelings and and their excitements and their fears and the fact that you get to see them with their parents and their parents actively trying to encourage them to open up about the stuff they like it's the best feeling in the world i i was making sketches at an event which was called free comic book day at the village market in nairobi and uh, a brighter day was made by a good friend named Zane and shout out to Zane from Between the Lines Bookshop and the idea was I could come in and do my quick sketches because he knows I used to do it in the past and quick sketches was actually how I used to make my shelves like practice to, to know that I'm still good at what I do and when he gave me the opportunity to do so at first I was extremely nervous because A I was in poor health and B uh, will the audience that actually gets to see the artwork be happy to see what is being created so that it was a success to me is most important than anything else in the world because there's nothing like that feeling of when you finish one sketch and then the kid looks at you and says I didn't expect you to put my face on top of that comic book character and it's an extreme level of wish fulfillment when you make an illustration of a character based upon what they project themselves to be and not based on who they are and I think that's actually one thing that actually made my, my portrait work when I was a little younger stand out because when it came to how to make illustration work come to life for 
portrait commissions the one thing i used to do was i'd ask a person how they see themselves and by, based upon the perception they have of themselves i would then illustrate that perception of themselves because i wanted to not just be an image they look at but something that actually encourages them to be better than they are so heroic stances but you try as much as possible to make the character look like the person who's standing right in front of you and as i was doing that and doing i think i think i did a around 21 sketches that morning if not more and from those sketches that i made the i even got a, a message on instagram of, of uh one of the images that was actually framed by the kid who got it illustrated and he was the coolest because i like the fact that he was there with his dad and even he wanted a sketch of him and his dad as heroic figures and that was very very impressive another was a young man who his birthday was coming up and his him and his mom and his sister all encouraged each other to get at least a sketch the sister didn't really want one but she eventually accepted to have at least one illustration done and i was actually told that most of the kids who showed up for the event were kids who are curious about illustration and i wish i was six years old seven years old ten years old when i when i met my heroes in art and granted in some cases they were not the most friendly human beings on earth because i think somebody lied to the world that they all have to behave like pablo picasso from course from what i've heard about picasso like he used to be the most allegedly he used to be the most unfriendly figure you'd actually meet as far as meeting a person in art because he, he carried himself with that swag and, and joie de vivre of i am this guy you you should consider yourself lucky that you're actually standing in my presence and that kind of thing for some people think that that's a way to endear yourself to the world and by the reclusive existence that you makes you stand out and i try as much as possible to not become that because i see no need for me to become an evil human being because it gives me this whole element of looking like i'm this amazing above the clouds figure because that's not the case because i know there's a certain extent to which i treat my talent as a blue collar job in order for material to always exist and material to always look amazing and by doing so it actually works to the great and betterment of the entire industry as a whole because i i think industry more than i think personality and i'd like the personalities that actually stand out when it comes to me to be the personalities of the characters i create and i'll always overthink or i will always spend more time trying to make sure that i represent for that above anything else because it, there's nothing more bearing of weight and 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 Im impactful than being able to stand before your work and be very very proud of the work that you create because i've always been in hesitation in regards to if you have fans and how you should treat people who you consider fans and with these particular fans what was the agenda that you had when you got them in the first place and to what extent will you break your back to actually make sure that they're happy now in my case there's that that's the part where i actually kind of fall short from time to time because i know they say the customer is always right but in art it's the only one time where yes the customer may be right but you have to make sure that because they're right you do the things that are required to make them see far beyond that which they were right about for example the corrections for the children's book i've been working on since the beginning of the year there's corrections in those books there are certain pages where i'd make certain strokes and when i see the page after the fact and say okay that explains why she'd say do that and because the person i'm collaborating with on, on this particular book she's the author but the way she describes the things that she wants corrected 
it stands out even more so i'm actually grateful when a person has the clear line of perspective of what they want achieved and when they get to have that achievement fulfilled i'm a happy guy and the thing that also kind of hit me hard when it came to coming around to making these clear conclusions to myself as far as that whole being true to the craft that you actually enjoy was when I was listening to this book that I'm currently on because I've, I've gone through I think three four books of Stephen King so far and the one I'm on right now is a book where he describes uh, the history of horror comics and horror uh, radio shows and horror um, TV shows and all these materials that he speaks on it actually stood out to me because there's a certain level of genius that comes with how he views the world his worldview is to a certain extent it kind of sounds pessimistic but he's not being pessimistic he's actually just trying to wrap his head around that which he doesn't understand and that stuff that he does understand and he's a fan of he'll write a book based up on it now the the one that the book is called uh, dance macabre and i think it's a play on a book that existed before or a film that existed before and there's elements where as I was listening to this particular audiobook, I mean, it's 18 hours worth of audiobooks. I've only made it nine hours in. So I'm waiting. I'm actually really looking forward to make it to the office today so I could listen to more of the book and learn some more because there's also a list of horror films that he considers the greatest horror films ever made in the 40s, 50s, and I think the 30s as well. And I hope to at least maybe even wrap my head around those because I've been toying with the idea of making a love co- a love comic book or a graphic novel. I've been toying with the idea of making a, a political comic book or graphic novel, an activist comic book or graphic novel, and a horror comic book or graphic novel. And in playing with these random ideas in my head because I know those are things I intend to do in big chunks and big busts I do not want to rush the the process of actually making those things come to life so my angle is I'll research as much as possible and whatever footnotes I get I will just email them to myself because upon my phone my last phone dying because I'm actually using a new phone as we speak I I lost a lot of my notes because they weren't backing themselves up onto my Google Drive but then the thing is sometimes when you just write something down it commits itself to memory and because it did commit itself to memory i figured the only way i could make this thing work is email myself the note after i write it down so these are ways i'm trying to make sure that i do not shoot myself in the foot too aggressively (laughs) now based upon the thing i've learned so far from his take on what he enjoyed growing up as far as stories were concerned stephen king was a big fan of bram stroker's dracula and the 1940s Dracula films that came out. And because of that, he wanted his own take on how Bram Stoker's Dracula came out. He even touches on Dance Macabre. He touches on where that story was born from. And he also touches on where the story of Frankenstein was born from. We'll get back to Frankenstein in a minute. Now, in Dance Macabre, he says that when it came to him writing his book, Salem's Lot, short for Jerusalem's Lot, he wanted to have something close to Bram Stoker's Dracula. And by making Salem's Lot, he got to fulfill that. The more I was listening to this particular audiobook's first nine hours, the, he also mentioned this, uh, the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and how that was one of like those big pop mo- pulp fiction moments way back when, when the book was actually written. And Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of inspired uh, the book uh, The Dark Half and the idea is a play on a man and his alter ego and what he will do to be in this alter ego so 
in the book dark half the character he created is a character who has this alter ego within himself who writes under uh, a pseudonym and the character who writes under the pseudonym he writes uh, horrific and graphic murder stories and at some point because somebody found out that this guy had uh, a pseudonym for his writing they got tried to expose him but decided to expose himself by burying the character that was his pseudonym unfortunately for him something happened and of the paranormal nature and the pseudonym he tried to bury came to life and became a mortal form and began to murder everyone who led towards him being exposed as the pseudonym and it's an interesting book i think it's too much of a spoiler as it is you should go definitely check it out and after that was said and done i started um, asking myself well why would he really listen to or take these stories that he grew up on and try and make his own take on them and i'd see the sense behind it because there's some things he actually mentioned that actually really really were like the most blow my mind moments i had experienced in the book take for example the fact that apparently there have been more frankenstein films than there have been stories made from the bible wrap your head around that for a second more frankenstein films than there have been films about characters in the bible and it gets even worse because when you think about it the movie frankenstein is titled under the guy who created the monster the monster is never really named per se isn't that kind of interesting because i I started wrapping my head around that and I think I may, be, I may be wrong but from what I understand from what this character was saying there is really no name to the monster and he's only a monster because we are told to call him a monster because he didn't ask to exist the monster is the man who actually created this thing to, came, to, to come to life in the first place and when you think about that I think maybe and I'm reaching that maybe that's what led to Pet Cemetery, but who am I to judge? Who am I to know about where these things are supposed to lead us as far as stories are concerned? And there's also some, certain shows in Dance Macabre that he actually mentioned, like the, the initial seasons of The Outer Limits and The Twilight Zone. And I know the ones that I watched in my era, in the 1990s and the late 80s, material that came from those particular periods, that's like the second wave of those shows. And the first wave happened way back when in the 40s and 50s. And I think as much as it's corny and it may just not sit perfectly when i watch them i think it's important for me to actually go back in time and just watch that stuff and really wrap my head around why those particular shows were made because i think it's really really cool that those shows exist in the first place and i intend in every way shape or form to live up to the expectations of uh those who wrote before and those who wrote thereafter and there are very few books that actually came out locally that I actually have read and I've, I've said it once before and I just keep revisiting this growing up the one book that really stood out to me was uh, Encounters from Africa and the the way that book used to to a certain extent creep me out on the stories they would tell because they the, the, the try jump into like the fictitious world and they even have a way where they use uh, fairy tale type uh, worry about uh, old African traditions and put that into the book that actually would touch on something that would really um, would really stand out in, in the sense of in the world of cancel culture it would actually just shoot itself in the foot and 
as, aside from that i was also thinking about this um other stand-up that i watched last night i mean i even slept a little later than i expected to because there's this gentleman who has a stand-up i think it's going to be a series show called uh, red state blue state and his name is quinn i think q u i n he's he's a stand-up comedian and from the two stand-ups that i watched that he's done that are now available on netflix he is informed from a position of the political history of the United States of America, the 300 plus years that the country has existed and stuff, and stuff like that. And the thing I find interesting about how he, he speaks on uh, the, the political history of his country is that he finds humor in the fact that we are, they haven't changed a lot of things about how the country has been. Four pages contain the Constitution of the United States, and as, as the America stands, it's super divided in, in the state that it's in currently. And us other countries around the world are watching the United States in, in a position of shock and wondering what they're going to do for themselves and by themselves because take this for any American who's listening to this episode right now if there's one thing that makes us keep our eyes watching the American election no matter what is we worry about America's foreign policy every single time because whatever stance America takes as far as its foreign policy is concerned will determine which country is getting a president deposed or which country is going to stay afloat because we don't know and the fact that we do not know is one thing that actually will forever worry us and we always keep our guard up slightly higher and it's why when our, our head of state from the United States comes to visit any country in proximity to your region you ask yourself okay so what exactly is his angle like what is he going for for example when um the native son of of this land whose pap was born here the 44th president of the united states when he said he wanted to visit kenya as a head of state and when he came to give speeches the one thing that kept on standing out was this one money transfer and business transaction mobile system that we have and he kept on mentioning it and mentioning it and the fact that it did that so much had me concerned about okay so probably it's economic gain but when you come as a head of state you come representing your country so you're not coming standing for what you want to say so there's an angle to whatever you want to speak on that being said we think we're doing okay but the thing i find sad is also that the economic stance of the country is not really in its most perfect because right now we're losing more money than we hope to make so and with the projects that I've had this year that I was hoping to finish and it's one project that I really look forward to when it actually comes to conclusion that when I I show it to the world the world will understand why I I love that project so much but let me see it through and then we'll make that happen but from what I've learned from the audiobook on Friday to the experience with the different comic book fans and the guys I sketched on Saturday is as heavy as the crown is to be the illustrator who wants to make something better of himself in the illustration world globally i'm grateful i get to be one of the few people who actually wear the crown so i will not take it for granted and i will not let you down by wearing it with that being said i'm going to call this episode to a close i'm going to make the illustration for today's episode and probably do some more painting for the corrections that are required because this is going to be a very important week for me to actually see a lot of artwork through no events in the coming saturday but i will say this there was one event i attended on saturday night which was epic shout out to all the djs who represented at lava latte my man dj tony tone dj dan dj middle east 
DJ 111, like the stuff you guys played that night. And I love the power of nostalgia because you guys are encouraging me to want to make my music. I, I really think that you are the guys who are supposed to be the men who should be the ambassadors of my music when my music finally comes out. And so we intend to take that to full force and make that happen. So in all things being said, follow me in this line. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. As my main man would say, who knows?